This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now.
Amen. Happy Easter weekend, and today we get to celebrate the fact that that cross is not just a wonderful moment in history, it's a wonderful moment in our own story as well. Amen. How many are excited to be here? I'm so excited that we got our kids that are part of the service tonight. So good to be together as a church family. I want to say a special welcome to everyone who is visiting today. Thank you so much for being part of tonight. Thank you for choosing to worship with us. If you're joining online, thank you so much as well. Let us know if you are visiting or you're joining for the first time. You can do that in the chat if you're watching from home or if you're in the room today. You can just do, you can text new guests to 313131. That'll give us an opportunity to be able to connect with you. Love that this Sunday we get to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And so I want to I wanna encourage you to not come alone this Sunday. Bring someone with you. Bring a friend. Bring family members. Bring a coworker. Someone that you know that needs to know Jesus. That needs to be impacted by the wonderful love of God. And then this upcoming Wednesday we've got Seek First, which is a time of worship and prayer. It's going to happen in this same room. And we'll also have it online as well. So don't forget that. That's uh, on April 7th. You can go ahead and grab a seat. We're going to take a moment now to worship God by presenting our gifts to him. And I love that as a church, we are not only pursuing God for what he can do for us, what he is doing in our lives. We want to be used by God. And we're committed to address the needs in the world around us. And one of the ways that, that we are able to make an impact is by practicing our faithfulness in the tithe, by practicing generosity through our kingdom builders giving. So as we prepare our gifts uh, today, we're going to be able to give through our phones or we can do it online. We can do it through the giving boxes out in the lobby right after the service. We're going to do so with a heart of gratitude to God. And we're going to do so with a heart of commitment to the world around us and reaching them with the hope that has changed our lives and our stories. Let's pray together. Father, today, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for what we celebrate today. You did not withhold anything from us. You gave us the most precious gift. You gave us Jesus Christ. And Lord, through him, we have found life. We found hope. And today, God, we want to respond by imitating your example, by learning from you, by also showing our love to you and our commitment, Lord, to the need in the world around us. I guess that you'd receive these gifts, that you would, God, use them in a powerful way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 9. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal he was put in a rich man's grave. I want to invite you all to stand in this place. I encourage you to think about the wondrous work of the cross of Jesus. Let's sing this out. And see him there, the great I am. A crown of thorns upon his head, the Father's heart displayed for us. 
of Jesus. So on a night like tonight, we don't just commemorate a moment in history, but we commemorate a moment of history that it's still have an impact in 2021. And in the year of pandemic, people need Jesus. And they need a Jesus that doesn't just have a good idea about how to fix the world's problems. They need a living savior that knows how to fix me and how to fix you. Can I get an amen to that? And tonight, we get to be together for just that. Hey, before you're sitting down, I wanna just give a great big round of applause to all the kids in the house. Would you give up for all the kids that are in here tonight? Woo! All right, go ahead and sit on down. We're going to intermix talking, reading of scripture, singing throughout the night. So this won't be a typical Sunday morning exactly protocol service. But I do want to draw you back to that night of remembering the ultimate moment in biblical history. For the entire Old Testament looked forward to a day when the Messiah would come and rescue all of humanity from the power that sin holds over us. And prophecies like the one that you heard before from Isaiah 53 previewed a leader who would correct the wrongs and understand how to fix the issues of humanity. But this Messiah 
would not be like every other leader that they had known. He wouldn't be the richest and he wouldn't be a superhero that would appear on the Marvel Universe. He wouldn't be a political figure and he wouldn't look like maybe you would expect him to look. The Messiah wouldn't just fix the temporary injustices of that particular moment when the Roman Empire ruled the known world. He wasn't interested in just that one era. He knew that generations would come and go. And because the human sin problem wrecks havoc on all people, the solution couldn't be getting rid of just one leader and replacing it with another. No, it couldn't be another political party or another generational opportunity to create a new style of government. No, canceling a leader doesn't cancel sin. The, <laughs> the grass in my yard, how many of you like the, the fact that things are going to get green again here? They're starting to happen now. And uh, Jody and I, we moved into the house that we live in in uh, a number of years, 2002. And so every year, I remember the very first year, that we got sod in the yard for grass. But I dis discovered if you don't water it and take care of it, it doesn't stay green. That I gotta do certain things to it. And uh, every year now I have to, I have to apply uh, fertilizer to the yard, I have to, to keep the weeds out. Because if I don't put the fertilizer in the yard, what happens? The weeds come out. How many of you ever pulled a weed? Any of you kids in here ever pulled weeds? You don't wanna pull the prickly kind, right? They hurt your hands. But here's what I know is, is that those weeds will keep coming up if we don't apply the preservative, the, 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 the right kind of, kind of chemical to the ground to get rid of the weeds. Well, here's the thing with sin. Sin will keep popping up if there's not a solution. Sin will keep emerging in our life. It will control us. You can know Jesus when you're a little child, but if you don't keep trusting in Jesus in every decade of your life, sin will reemerge and try to take over and destroy your relationships, mar the image of God that is on your life. Sin had entered the human race and it kept popping up, destroying relationships and anger and bitterness and racism and evil governments, enslaving entire populations for their own benefit. Just covering one moment wouldn't fix the ongoing destruction of the weed of sin. That's why the Messiah, Jesus, had to come into the world. So Jesus came as the Messiah, did in Messiah and did incredible miracles. He healed blind eyes. He spoke words of hope in the middle of darkness, but he really came to deal with the sin of all humanity. So the week of Jesus' death on Thursday night, he was betrayed by one of his disciples named Judas. He was arrested by the religious police. He was condemned to die by both Jewish religious leaders and the ruling Roman government. But I want you to hear this. Jesus' death was voluntary. As God, he could have called down the armies of heaven, but he chose not to. For it was only through his death that we, all of humanity, could be rescued from the powerful grip of sin and its destruction. It was just as the prophet Isaiah said it would be hundreds of years before. Let me read it again, where it said again in Isaiah 53, yet... It was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, every one of us, like sheep, have strayed away for we have left God's paths to follow our own, and yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep is silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth, and unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal as he was put in a rich man's grave. This was spoken of hundreds of years before that Friday. And here we are. What day is today, friends? Come on, kids. What day is today? It's Friday. In the middle of our Friday, in the middle of our own despair, 
in the middle of our own lament for the pain that we see around us and perhaps within us. The Messiah came for our Fridays too. Jesus physically bore our penalty and he endured the cross for us. Listen to the story in Mark chapter 15. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha! Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself and come down from the cross. And the leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. And then at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him, to a reed stick, so he could drink. And wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. Romans 6:23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to invite you all to stand one more time. Let's all sing this out behold. Behold the Father's heart, the mystery, come on. The mystery he lavishes on us. As deep cries out to deep, how desperately he wants us. Hallelujah, the things of this earth. And the things of earth stand next to him. Like a candle to the sun Unfailing Father What compares to His great love Come on, sing this out Then sings my soul Then sings my soul
doesn't make sense that he knows us as well as he does he knows our just inconsistencies our lack of commitment or lack of follow-through or lack of integrity and he still loves us he's loved us before we could ever do anything for him amen and today we have the opportunity to celebrate that and affirm that in our hearts Today we have the opportunity to practice leg day at church as well. And so you can go ahead and grab a seat for a little bit. And I love the portion that we just heard over that voiceover, that, that text from Romans chapter 6, where it speaks of, of this love that God gave us, a free gift that God gave us of salvation, a free gift that's eternal. The wages of sin. The result of sin in each and every one of us. And not one of us can say, I'm exempt from this. That doesn't apply to me. Every single one of us has screwed up. We've made a mess of life. The wages of that, the result of that is sin. It's like Pastor Nate was talking about. The weeds inevitably are going to bring death to your lawn. And sin is going to bring death to your soul. But God steps into our story. And he turns things around through a free gift of his love and salvation. Love the month of April. April is my wife's birthday month. And so we celebrate it that way. It's on April 30th. And so, yeah, that is a good moment to clap. It'd be really awkward if I didn't clap right now. So you see me clapping, right, Leah? I'm clapping. It's your birthday month. So soon as we turn that page into on the calendar and we're in april she's like hey she wakes up in the morning points at me says it's my birthday month so we don't wait till april 30th we celebrate she's extending it into may this this year is what she said as well 
I love Analia. If there's anyone who knows how to celebrate life, that's my wife. That's Analia. And she loves pointing out great recommendations for gifts that I can get her. It happened multiple times a day as we were running errands. But she's like, that could be a great gift. And that one. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can do both, right? And gifts are one of the ways that we express love, that we show that we care, that we show that we know someone, uh, a gift that shows intentionality. Uh, we don't re-gift. I can't re-gift something to my wife. You know, I can't just wrap something else up that someone gave me and give it to her, you know. And so it has to be something specific that shows my care, shows that I know her. And however great the gifts are that we give and that we receive, they, they lose some of that novelty after a while. And we need to keep on reinforcing that we love and we keep on giving year after year and find different occasions. Sometimes we just give it because we want to. So our gifts fall short compared to the free gift of God that is eternal, it stretches into eternity. It never gets old because it can never be fully understood. It can never wear out God's salvation is always amazing and mysterious and it's so wide and so deep and so incredible that it can never grow old. And then the fact that it's free, I don't know about you, but I'm suspicious sometimes when I, when I read that something is free. Remember once we got an invitation to a free dinner with the promise of a free vacation on the other side of that dinner. And I said to my wife, this is a timeshare pitch. And she said, no, it's not. And she said, I, I bet you I'll, it's not. I, I'm sure it's not. It's free. And I said, it's, they're going to sit us down. They're going to try to get us assigned something. It's a timeshare pitch. No, no. And so I actually went because I'm stubborn and competitive, and I wanted to show her that it was. And then I regretted it as soon as we sat down. And it was a timeshare pitch. And so we can be suspicious of what others give us in life. But God's gift of love, forgiveness, and salvation in eternal life is not a bait and switch. He's true to what he promises. He's true to his, his love, his character. He really does give us the opportunity to have a fresh new start, a new beginning. And he's not demanding or expecting anything. He doesn't require anything from us in order to love us. He already loves us. But a gift is incomplete unless it's received. A gift is incomplete unless it's received. And I remember the, the day that I received Jesus in my own life. I was eight years old. How many eight-year-olds do we have in the, in the, in the service tonight? Let's you wave your, wave your hand if you got. We got some. We clap for the eight-year-olds tonight and just celebrate them so kids I was eight years old when some of my friends said you need to actually receive the gift that God has offered you you need to ask him to be your Lord and Savior you need to receive Jesus in your life and uh, and I said well I, I, I believe in God I you know I go to church I've gone to church my whole life how do you do that and they led me in a in a quick prayer and uh, I remember the moment like it was yesterday I we were outside of construction at a church in Argentina there was a wheelbarrow next to me a pile of sand and rocks and gravel here and I remember that I that I said a simple prayer and I asked God to extend that gift to me. I received that gift from him I didn't really understand everything about it at that point but that's the amazing thing about God's gift is that we can continue to discover more and more about his love, his grace, his hope, and the newness of life that he gives us. And over, over the years and over time, I've realized that that gift continues to refresh and renew my soul. And at the moments when I've made horrible choices and bad, bad paths and picked just the wrong things and sinned and, and failed God, he has never failed me. And he's continued to say, hey, my gift is current. My gift is strong. It's more powerful than anything that you can do. It's more powerful than your failures. And today I want to I take a moment. And I want to give you an opportunity to receive that gift that God gives. Yes, he came 
to bring hope and good news. Yes, he came so that we could be made free. Yes, he came so that we could be healed. Yes, he came so that we could have God's favor on our lives. That's what we talked about on Sunday. But there's one gift that stretches all the way into eternity. And it's the gift of his salvation, his forgiveness. So I want to take, I want to ask a moment, if you could just close your eyes, open your hearts. And kids, this is for you too, because I was eight when I made this decision. And it has stayed with me throughout my whole life. I can remember it to this day. Who would say tonight, you know what? I'm far from God, or I don't know if I've ever really made a commitment to follow him. But I want to receive the gift of eternal life. I want to receive the gift of salvation. I want to receive the gift of his forgiveness. I want to receive the gift of his mercy, his grace. I want to receive that gift of a new beginning and a fresh start in my life. And all you need to do for that gift to be made effective is just say, God, that's, I, I want to own that. The gift is available, and I know that you've prepared it for me. If that's your decision tonight, can you just take a moment, raise your hand where you're at as a, as a sign of saying, God, I want that gift in my life. Amen. 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 Just keep your, keep your hand up for a moment. Got hands that are going up all over. Hands, people all ages, and I'm so excited for you kids. Because you're going to remember this moment like I remember that day when I was eight. We counted 23 hands that raised tonight. I want to ask you if you can just keep your hand up because this is a moment between you and God. And can you just repeat this prayer with me? Repeat this prayer with me and just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift you prepared for me. I don't deserve that gift, but I want to receive it tonight. And I want to receive your forgiveness. And I want to receive a fresh start and a new beginning. And the promise of eternal life. I'm sorry for my sin. And I thank you for loving me anyway. Change me and make me new from now into eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 That's so good. Thank you, Jesus. If you did say this prayer, you're going to continue to discover so much more about the gift of God and just his, his love, his commitment to you. And I want to encourage you to take the next step, stay in the journey, like Pastor Nate always says, and you can do that in a real simple way. Even right now, if you want to pull out your phone, if you're watching from home and you want to let us know in the chat, you can just say, I just decided, and, uh, and there'll be a link there that you can click on. You'll get some great uh, next steps, practical next steps. And then if you're in the room right now, you can text Emmanuel to 313131, and you'll get some great support, next step, and guidance. I love this moment. I love watching uh, even kids that have raised their hands and parents that know that something amazing has happened in the lives of your kids. I love adults, and I love everyone who has made that choice, that decision today. There's a party in heaven I think we should celebrate here on earth as well, right? We just clap and celebrate that moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Colossians 1 verses 13 through 20. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, 
and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Amen. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Amen. Come on, let's all stand. We're going to sing a new song today that talks about the power and the blood of Jesus. Let's sing this out. I was a leper outside the city. None would come close, but you wouldn't let go. We're work back then. We'll work again. Cause I know the blood is still the blood. I had an issue no one would help. I've tried them all, but let's try again. We'll work back then, we'll work again. I know the blood is still the blood. Oh, how precious! Come on.
your hands together for that. The, the blood of Jesus. Come on, give a big, big shout to Jesus for his blood has made you whole. Yes, yes. All right. You can grab a seat. Again, as Pastor Nathan said, it's leg day at church today. Up and down, up and down. When you see the cross, you got to think of love. You have to think, Jesus loves me. How many know Jesus loves you? He loves you. But why did he have to die? It was really his blood in our place. He took our place. And when Jesus did that, something powerful became available for us. That thing that became available is the same thing that happens with blood today with a virus. You know, in the virus, that's where the blood, we test people to see if they've got antibodies. And people that overcome the coronavirus have powerful overcoming blood. It's called convalescent blood. When you beat it, it allows you to keep beating it, all right? And when you get that, there's something powerful that happens in you. So much so that even throughout the pandemic, one of the solutions to help people that were really struggling through the, the COVID-19 virus was they took the antibody or the blood of people that had overcome the virus and they transfused it into other people to help them overcome. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? See, what Jesus did is he overcame death, hell, and the grave. He has the ultimate convalescent blood over sin. You can't do it without him. But when you got Jesus' blood in you, you can win. You can live. You can love. You can be who he's designed you to be because of his blood. It's powerful. And it's not meant to be just for one moment. You see, when Jesus died, it meant that there was an ongoing relationship with us. Not just that moment like Pastor Nathan talked about when he was eight years old and he prayed, but every day of our lives we can have relationship with God. Before Jesus died, the only way that we could have relationship with God, if you look at the Old Testament all the way through in the Bible, is they had to sacrifice animals. And there was maybe one person to get, get close to God's presence, but that was it. It was the high priest, and they, you better make sure that he was in a good, good shape spiritually or he was in trouble. They put a rope around him with a bell on it that if he died in God's presence, they would pull him out. There was a curtain between God's presence and the people of God. But on the moment that Jesus died, it says, then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. The very next verse says, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now this is an abnormal thing. Ordinarily, if a curtain's going to tear, it's going to go from the bottom to the top. But it was a supernatural event that when Jesus died, there was no longer a distance between us and God in his presence. Jesus' blood made a way for you, not just one moment of your story, but every day of your life to have relationship with him, to commune with him, to know God. Some people have the image of God as being some kind of big guy up in heaven with a baseball bat that wants to hit you every time you do something bad. That's not the image we see in the scripture. The image we see in the scripture of Jesus is that he actually died for you. And it wasn't just for a one-time event in your story, but that you can have ongoing relationship with him your whole life. This year, of all the years, when people were locked into quarantine and away from their friends and their family and not connected to other people and loneliness was at an all-time high, people had to cry out to God, and I believe that God met people in their homes. God still meets people online. He still is touching people's lives. But I want you to know that there are better days ahead for you if you rejoin the family of God. If you say, you know what, I want to get with other people that also want to be connected to Jesus. Because there's something powerful that happens when we do this Jesus lifestyle together. That when we believe in a God that's bigger than we are, but we, we believe in a God whose grace is strong enough for our weakness. 
that together we can make it. Can I get an amen? We need each other and we need the blood of Jesus. Jesus stepped into a space, in our space, and he is our victory. And of course, how many know he doesn't stay dead? <laughs> Three days later, it's Friday, but come Sunday's on its way. Sunday's coming, baby. It's Friday, everybody said it's Friday, but it's Sunday's on its way. Say it's Friday. Look at somebody next to you and say, but Sunday's on its way. He's going to rise from the tomb and his victory with the, the keys of death held in the grave in his hand. We're going to celebrate this Sunday on Easter and we can celebrate it even tonight. But one of the things that the believers in the New Testament church did around the blood and the body of Jesus is they gathered together for what we now call communion. Pastor Nathan is coming. He's going to uh, observe communion with me. If you got your cups when you came in out in the lobby. We also have our hosts that are coming down the aisles. If you did not get these cups, go ahead and let them know at the end of the aisle. We'd like to make sure it's available for everyone. If you are a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be a member of this church, but if you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's your, your leader in your life, you can participate in communion with us tonight. And one of the things that the believers of Christ have always done to stay encouraged, to stay leaning in, even in difficult times, is they would gather together and they would remember Jesus the way he told his disciples to do it. For it was on Thursday night that Jesus was betrayed. Before he was betrayed, he had what we now call the Last Supper. And Jesus sat with his disciples and they, they communed together. They had community. They were together in this thing. And Jesus said that I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And of course, Paul talked about it later in Corinthians that we are to do the same thing. But here's what I want you to consider. I don't know what you've gone through. Perhaps you've wandered away from God. Maybe it's been really difficult for you. Tonight, you're fully a member back with us. You're in, baby. And uh, Jesus has a reputation of restoring people who left. Peter denied him three times, and Jesus said, you're still on my team. And Peter received that forgiveness from Jesus. I wish Judas would have. Judas left the crowd and went away and licked his own wounds and was sad about his actions. If he had turned back to Jesus, I think he would have been forgiven. So you have a choice. Are you going to come back to the body? Are you going to be connected and remember Jesus with your sisters and brothers? Or are you going to go away from the power that really sets you free? And Jesus took the bread that night, and he tells his followers to do the same. And we're going to do that tonight. He took the bread. He says, this is my body, broken for you. We read the scripture tonight. His body was broken, whipped, broken for you. Isaiah says that it is by our wound, his wounds that we are healed. If you need to have healing because you have brokenness in your physical body, we're going to trust that Jesus will heal your body tonight by faith. But just as much, you may have brokenness in your relationships, things that you can't put back together. You can trust in Jesus for that tonight. And for all of us, we can trust that Jesus will put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Amen? The things that we can't do, he does that for us. If you need healing in your life, in your body, or in your, your relationships, I want you to stand in faith right now. If that's you right now, you're, just stand right where you're at. You say, I need healing in my physical body, or I need healing in the relationship that is broken. We're going to trust Jesus for that tonight. Lord, we come before you. We thank you that, Lord, you are the one that went to the cross for us. One died for all. But Lord, it was not in vain. For tonight, as we remember you, would you put the pieces back together again? Would you speak a word of healing over bodies and marriages and estranged relationships? Would you put it back together again, even as we remember you? And I pray especially, Lord, for Minneapolis and St. Paul, and the great strife we've gone through and we continue to experience racial tension 
tensions between classes of people, political differences. Oh, Jesus, we need you. We need you to put us back together again. Tonight, we remember you. Let us eat. Thank you, Jesus. After eating the bread in the same way Jesus took the cup that night, and he said to the disciples in the same way he's saying it to us, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. They didn't really understand what was going on then. They understood later on that Jesus was establishing an agreement between us and God the Father. A commitment where God would always be faithful, always walk with us, never turn his back on us, never leave us, never abandon us. And a commitment that we make with him, saying, Lord, I want to live for you and not for myself. I want to live to follow you, Jesus. Today as we hold this cup, we're reminded of that moment and we're reminded of our own commitment to follow him. We're reminded that God has been faithful every step of the journey. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand at this point and we're going to pray and then drink of the cup together. Father, we thank you so much for the blood that we sang of, makes us white as snow, restores purity, restores God hope, restores healing, restores, Lord, our, our lives into full relationship with you. And tonight, God, we renew our commitment and our decision to full-heartedly follow you, to love you above our love for ourselves, to live for you and not live for ourselves. And God, I ask that you would affirm that resolve in our hearts, that you would affirm, God, your work in our lives, that you would remind us that you continue to uphold us and walk with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together and continue standing. I want to encourage you right now. Would you extend your hands to Jesus as a sign of saying, Lord, here I am. Where would I be if not for your grace, Father? You're worthy, Jesus. Yes, you are. Come on, let's sing in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, fur through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter. My all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Oh.
in me From my life's first cry to the final breath Jesus commands my destiny No power of hell, no scheme of man Can ever love me from his hand Till he returns or calls me here in the power of Christ I stand And here in the power of Christ I stand Here in the power of Christ We'll You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details.